Hey guys, it's Jack. Uh, about three hours in the future from uh, the Jack you're about to hear from. Just wanted to let you know we're going to be talking about the Free Britney movement. And there's an update that came after we wrapped on the episode that Jamie Spears has agreed to step down as the conservator of her estate. Uh, it doesn't really change anything uh, that we talk about, but uh, just an additional twist and turn in that story, and enjoy. Hello, the internet, and welcome to Season 197, Episode 5 of The Daily Zeitgeist, a production of iHeartRadio. This is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. It's Friday, August 13th, 2021. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Uh, that was my attempt at down with the sickness. This <laughs> courtesy of Tyler Olton at Sphincter says. He doesn't he doesn't really tell us what the Sphincter says. Anyways, I'm thrilled to be joined as always by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. Oh no! I'm happy, I'm feeling glad, got pop culture in my head. I'm the co-host to O'Brien, TDZ is coming on, is coming on, is coming on. I would do the Dell part, but I, I, nothing was written there. But shout out to at Radio Giorgio on Twitter for Radio that wonderful Giorgio. gorillas. Clint Eastwood inspired AKA. Hell yeah. Well, Miles, mm-hmm. how are you, sir? Uh, I'm just great. First of all, wow, great. Good to see. You've never asked everything me that good? before. Cool. Yeah. I'm. Is everything okay with you? Just yeah, no, no. no. I'm never, just. Oh, okay, great. Okay, yeah. No, I'm great. You. Thank you. Cool. Just caught off guard. Just caught off guard. <laughs> Usually, you're very cold. The second we end the recording, he's like, "I gotta go. Shut yeah. up." Yeah. Don't and talk then we to get me. Moving, but yeah. no eye contact <laughs> Don't through me, the just Zoom. Text me. All right, Miles. Well, before we get to our very special guests, mm-hmm. yes, plural, today, we got to tell the people what's happening. August yes. 25th, yes. 6 p.m. PST, 9 p.m. EST. We are bringing you the year 2000 live show, live yep. streaming, audio, visual, extravaganza. There's going to be pictures. There's going to be riffing. There's going to be dancing. There's going to be Shrek. Jack will be sea walking. Yeah. Uh, so you gotta you gotta tune in to see that go down. I keep saying dancing, and there's no way I'm gonna dance. But like, no, baby, you know, crip walking, you got, baby. Let them yeah. know. Let them know how maybe you get a down. Shoulder homie. action. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and join us. We'll have confirmed special guest, wow. none other than the cold brew king himself, Chris Crofton, wow. to bring his takes from his time machine from the year 2000. Not sure how much he remembers from it, but <laughs> it's guaranteed be to be a fantastic guest. Yeah. And show so get your tickets at momenthouse.com slash the daily zeitgeist. And if you can't make it live, don't worry. If you have your ticket, you will have an option to watch the video on demand version so you can watch it at your leisure. Yeah. Or at your leisure. It doesn't matter. Um, mm-hmm. either one. Yeah, I, I gotta say, you know, this is gonna have the same bones as the live show that we did that we took on tour for like the first half of the tour before it got canceled by COVID. But yeah. now that Crofton's here, baby. This is going to be a whole new ass vibe. There is the potential that he doesn't, he might not add anything at all. Because <laughs> um, he might And not. he's just a pure yeah. chaos agent throughout the whole thing. But either way, we want to discover that together with you. So please join us. Yeah. All right. Well, Miles, we are thrilled to be joined uh, <laughs> by the duo behind Britney's Graham 
the podcast that via analysis of Britney's cryptic Instagram helped spark the massive uh, hashtag free Britney movement. Uh, their new podcast is a 10 part fact finding deep dive called Toxic the Britney Spears Story. When they're not making history by freeing Britney, uh, they host the hilarious podcast Lady to Lady with Wednesday's guest, Brandy Posey. And uh, they're just two of our all-time favorite Daily Zeitgeist guests. Please welcome Tess Barker and Babs Gray! Wow. Hello. Wow. Oh, that welcome. was the best, the best intro we've gotten in a long time. We've been doing a lot of stuff, so good job. And you guys have I can been tell on, you've like, been doing legit this. shows, and that was the best intro. Well, thank you so mm-hmm. much. Wow. Look, look at us, Jack. Yeah. Look at us. That's, we might, we might nice not be second set. rate after all. Uh, no, you are, that. but I mean, it's still. Good <laughs> but you still get like, Look, yeah. there's Thanks. expectations. <laughs> there's expectations being taken into. Yeah, yeah. So it's more like fake tanner. It's like, yeah, maybe the skin tone changed, but it washes off mm-hmm. at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah. Still pale in second rate. It gets yeah, streaky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't look at our palms. They're, they're <laughs> copper orange. <laughs> uh, what's good, guys? How how have you been? Pretty good. Uh, Tired. Tired. We're good. Yeah, we're finishing up. Eyes said it all right there. (laughs) We're good. We're finishing up like the last, you know, few episodes of of Toxic, and we're just very tired. It's been a crazy amount of work, but yeah, we're doing good. Just kind of the last home stretch, Mm. running Mm -hmm. on Duncan, baby. Okay, Mm -hmm. (laughs) just like America. Mm -hmm. In that way, not sponsored, but we just literally are. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> by default we're all running on duncan yeah know? we're we're doing it good i'm actually in denver right now doing some shows and i met a you know zeit gang member last night oh whose name is bags gray so, no no what? yeah what <laughs> my cousin bags yes bags? your cousin bags she was like my name is bags gray and people always think it's weird and i was like I mean, it is. But. <laughs> <laughs> is it short right. for anything, or she's just bat? I, I don't know. She she like, just said like she goes by bags. Yeah, so reusable my grocery bags. It's short alternate for, universe. Yeah. <laughs> it's short for Ziploc bags. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's a very dope name. I'll take bags, that. Shout out to you. Let us yeah, know yeah. if you're Seriously. listening. Shout out to you. What's your name? I like that. Also, are are we related? <laughs> I think we all are somehow. <laughs> On some in some really fucked up way. Yeah. yeah. Kind of a some gray area. Hey, yeah. hey, there it is. Watch out now. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. We are gonna uh get to know you a little bit better in a moment. We're also gonna catch up on the whole Britney saga a little later on in the show. A couple other things that we're talking about. Texas has successfully passed their voter suppression bill. So shout out to them ruining America one bill at a time. Speaking of ruining America, there's that scene at a uh, school board meeting in Tennessee that just, I don't know, just spectacular, offensive, frightening dipshittery going on. And then we'll, we'll get into some Britney updates. All of that, plenty more. But first, Babs, Tess. What is something from your search history? Sound artifacts. That's sound the last artifacts. thing I Googled. Found? That a, sound? Sound. Because oh. our producer for Lady to Lady said something about a sound artifact. And I was like, what the hell is that? And I oh, didn't want to ask. I wanted to seem like I knew what it was because I've been doing podcasting a long time. What so I felt it? like I should know. It's Can like when there's an, unwanted, there's an unwanted sound a mysterious sound somewhere. Mm. Oh, artifact makes it sound like important. I know. Oh, yeah. It's kind of an, ex- yeah, a really exciting phrase. So it's just in there. It's stuck in there, stuck in the track. That's it's 
Oh, when, I th- when you said found artifact, I thought that was just sort of like how like the British like talk about their like history museum where it's like, I don't know, we just found these artifacts all over the world. <laughs> and we That's brought crazy, them here. Yeah. I don't know, I just found them. Huh. Just Look found artifacts. Just found them. They were flying loose Yeah, didn't wrestle them away from any anyone's hands after we killed yeah. them. Find your You're keepers. saying this is, it looks like it was sawed off from something that's in <laughs> Egypt? I don't know. I found it. I swear to God, it's found. I was, I felt, I was holding a saw and I fell. And then when I woke up, I had found an artifact. There you go. That's weird. I don't know how that Rosetta Stone got the stamp in it from the British Empire. I don't know. That's, it must have fell on there. I don't know. I found it like this. I went to the Natural History Museum with my kids when I was in New York and they have, like the same problematic, like diorama, you know, model things like with Native Americans and like the Dutch greeting each other. But then now they have like writing over the window that's like, here's why this is problematic. <laughs> it's like they didn't bother redesigning it. They're just like, huh, now we should question this, shouldn't we? So <laughs> it's interesting. Is, is that going to help? It's not going to help. Kid, uh, yeah, you're I'm sure gonna, kids you're not aren't gonna... like... No, oh, like, hold on, Dad. Lift me up so I can read the full text <laughs> of this disclaimer. Right. Kids are in museums for the plaques. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I didn't learn a fucking thing at a museum as a kid. I was like, it was basically like still life TV. And I'd be like, dinosaur, bug, mm-hmm. fucking Statues shield. With Great. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pictures of an old boob. Oh, yeah. My favorite part of the museum. Uh-huh. <laughs> when back when boobs had hair. <laughs> I guess they treat it like how the Sesame Street episodes just had a disclaimer, like before the Johnny Cash Confederate flag episode, where they're like, now we're not going to not play it, but right. just ask yourself, should we be doing this? Probably shouldn't. <laughs> okay, let it rip, folks. <laughs> let it rip. Here comes the man in black. <laughs> well, Test it worked well some... for cigarettes. Um, something yeah. from right. my search history. I recently searched for where to stream The Simple Life. Okay. <laughs> oh. Is Nicole it still uh, you can buy episodes and no, I'm going to have to pay for this. Oh, yeah. Shit. Which I'm willing to because I've got a real hankering to watch Simple Life. That's probably yeah. also problematic. And prob- there probably isn't up because they oh, haven't put up the disclaimer yet. Yeah, they don't have a plaque in front of, of the Simple Life, but it will it will be necessary probably. <laughs> yeah, eventually. I mean, I feel like Paris is having her little par- renaissance. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe people can look at it with kind eyes. I just remember how much they would make the fucking people they lived with how uncomfortable they would be and i'm like this is kind of great but also tone deaf but fuck it I it was love great reality. it was back because that, that's one of my favorite periods in television is just when like there was nothing more amoral than just what was going on in reality tv like they were just like fuck it how far can we go with everything and it was right. great television yeah yeah when they put all those kids on an island and just like yes. let them <laughs> Yes. Oh yeah, that was or, a good time. They was would it like take an insecure person and be like, "Here's five so. doctors with everything that's wrong with you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. right, right, right. Mm-hmm. Kid Nation, uh, Kid Nation, yeah. Kid Island is better. It is. Yeah. They should have just called it Lord of the Flies. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> we already have this. Lord of the Flies, <laughs> the reality show. And oddly, a child with glasses and asthma did die tragically. <laughs> Similar to the book. But, yeah. What is something you guys think is overrated? Tomatoes. Cool. I said it. Put it out yeah, there. Go ahead. Expand on that. I just think that they're too prevalent and they, they don't taste good. <laughs> <laughs> they don't taste good unless you add a bunch of shit to them. And I think that it should, they should stand on their own and they don't. 
Does this oh, beef? Wow. Okay, so your your beef is only with naked tomatoes. You're not talking about like tomato sauce here. I think tomato sauce is the only thing I accept, but any other form, ketchup even. Uh, I guess ketchup, but it's like, is that <laughs> even that tomato the- really? Yeah. <laughs> That's like barely a tomato. That Sugar feels like the, the American star. way to be yeah. like, yeah, I had my vegetables. Oh, I yeah. ate three to- I ketchup packets with it. You yeah. say when they like some, I can't remember, but some uh, shitty, whatever organization lobbied to like have ketchup count as a vegetable in kids' lunches. That's at right. I remember that too. And so like they could, so they could just serve as much garbage as possible, and they were like ketchup, it counts. Right. I, I, yeah, tomatoes, I don't eat on there. I'm the same way. Like, as a kid, I hated them. And then I learned to, like, respect them on a sandwich because I'm like, oh, it's with a bunch of other shit. And I love salsa because it's with a bunch of other shit. And I'll have, like, a caprese salad because it's with a bunch of other shit. But, like, <laughs> my mom will just, like, slice a tomato up and just, like, have, like, I mean, there are tomato. people who do that. Honestly, also, I, I obviously was reaching. I really had a hard time. <laughs> okay. So well, no, man. well, you I, coaxed me out of the shadows. <laughs> it's got to be with other stuff for me. I'm that's sorry. How I, feel. I, I, I feel had to figure personal. out. I hated tomatoes as a kid too, but then I became a vegetarian when I was eight, and I was like, "Well, you can't be a vegetarian and not like any vegetables." You know, mm. so tomatoes were kind of my wow. first thing about like mind over matter, where I was like, "You just have to make yourself start liking tomatoes," and I or did. Being and more inter- and being intersectional too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't think I've ever enjoyed a like cherry tomato or grape tomato. I think those taste like Ugh. what if grapes weren't sweet and tasted dirty instead is what... and we already have beets Wait, for that so yeah yeah i guess beets are sweet <laughs> if you just want some dirt taste tess what do you what do you think is overrated for me it's got to be ikea <laughs> yeah. for me, that's a for good me, call guys. for me <laughs> <laughs> bring it home uh, I mean, i i hate that place so much i've never been happy in an ikea i've always regretted it I find it exhausting, confusing, mm-hmm. and labor-intensive, frankly. Mm. Yeah. Also, I mean, the stuff is like a price where you're like, should I just spend more to get a thing that isn't a piece of shit? You know, just like a little bit more. It's a weird, confusing thing where you think you're right. saving money, it, but it's not worth it. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Like, are you saving money if you're buying disposable furniture? Yeah, yeah. You just have to buy it you're definitely here. fucking the earth mm-hmm. uh, because, like, when you see all the clear cutting they're doing, like in Romania and places like that to get that wood, you're like, never yeah. mind. I guess I don't need this Ek doll shelf anymore. Yeah, there's a there's something about the experience of being in IKEA that feels like you're in a like an Epcot for people between the ages of like thirty and thirty five, <laughs> like. A thousand. Mm, I'm yeah. surprised there's not a train from yeah the the cafeteria <laughs> to like the end of the of the. Well, store. yeah, there's definitely like archetype archetypes in IKEA. It's like the the kids who just got their first apartment, like young people who are like, yeah. you got to get some shit for the apartment. And you see those people. You see the the new couple that's just moved in together and mm. are fighting. Mm. You see the exasperated older couple with children who have like lost track of their kids, but like. They've like don't transcend to another level of existence yeah. where they don't care. Kind of hoping doing their they thing. just leave them there. Yeah. And then, and then there's, there's the mom. Newbie. There's your mom. I always yeah. see your mom at IKEA. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and she's never buying anything. She's just like sighing. She just likes to wander. Yeah, she's like this. <laughs> but also, like, it's so confusing. It's like to me, it feels the same as being in like a parking structure. I don't like being that disoriented. Like, give me a Target. 
I yeah. can stroll through a Target all day long because I know where yeah. everything is. Yeah. I feel like Ikea was designed by the same people who design casinos to make it hard for you to like figure out where the exits are and just like where keep you there is. for as long as possible. <laughs> just like intentionally disorienting. So time disappears and you get out and it's like the next morning somehow. I'm always impressed when you see people that work there like cut through that because they, they know the fucking layout right. and they're yeah. like, yeah, yeah, right through here. And you're like, are we? You know, like, Are we is this where it is? Like, yeah, follow me. And they're like, but we're going the opposite direction of the arrows on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> right. What is something you guys think is underrated? I can only think of food stuff because the world is so sad. I don't like to think about anything else. Sp- uh, spicy jellies, like a spicy oh, jam. Yeah. yeah, we talk about I'm, that. Yeah, we love I'm that here. I'm replacing any jam or jellies with some spicy. Wow. wow. Even on any PB? specific ones? There's a Trader Joe's has this really good, just spicy pepper jelly that's like mm-hmm. insanely good. Mm-hmm. Have you had that shit on top of cream cheese? Oof. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that is. You know what's also good in Japan? What we do is, speaking of cream cheese, is cut up kombu, like seaweed, on top of cream Ooh. cheese. Mm-hmm. And it's like a decadent thing with the salt from the seaweed and the cream cheese. Under underrated bar snack that I've had over there. I say seaweed is overrated in every capacity. Overly. <laughs> wow. I don't wow. like the taste of those. I don't like those. <laughs> I don't like those snacks. And when you're in the ocean and it touches your legs, it can go fuck itself. I don't like it. <laughs> you're like fucking kelp. Fuck. <laughs> kelp is. It's just. That's my kelp I, yelp. I think for I you. was raised on like like screensaver images of what like oceans look like, and it's always clear. So like I remember as a kid seeing like like a kelp bed in a thing, and be like, oh, this place dirty. Like mm. no, no, this <laughs> yeah. is not the sea. This is some growth that I don't want to deal with. But Great to eat, though. it's kind of a. I think of it a bit as like nature's bubble wrap. You guys ever pop mm. that kelp? Yeah. Oh yeah. Especially when they come come to this. Yeah. Yeah come to the shoreline and uh, you get in trouble for smacking your friend with it on a beach trip. Exactly. Yep. That was just, a, just watching giant kelp forests like kind of sway in the water is also nice. A nice vibe. Very peaceful. But oh, again, hey, okay, like, I can observe, but I don't want to interact. <laughs> right. <laughs> From afar. I just, I like I just eat that shit raw out of the Jersey Shore ocean. I just <laughs> throw it in my mouth like a sea monster. Oh, God. You scare your kids, wrap yourself in it, and be like, <laughs> I do. I do love a, a nice little crispy sesame flavored seaweed snack. Hey, dangerous for kids. I almost died. I don't know if I said that before as a kid because wow. I would because it, it's a snack. You know, Asian people eat like nori, you know, yeah. that, as like a snack. So I remember I would fucking eat just sheets of that shit. Mm. But I remember I was like four and I'd. You know, I, I took maybe three sheets more than my little tiny esophagus oh, right. windpipe could handle. And it basically turned like a dental dam over my windpipe. <laughs> oh, right. And I was yeah. like, <laughs> and like my mom had to grab me by my ankle and like fish it out of my mouth to like get me upset <laughs> and get it out. I was like, oh. by your ankle? And I don't know. I think it was like, there's a whole thing about inverting kids yeah, if yeah, they yeah. were choking, you know? Oh, so she, sure. but she was, you know, she has that like superhero mom strength. She's like, get your ass. And I was like, oh. yeah. got it out. And I was banned from eating it for like years. <laughs> yeah. My mom was like, we can't trust you with this shit. I didn't if think I, that you could use that as a dental dam, a backup. If you yeah. have one of those. Eco-friendly. <laughs> yeah. Responsible. Right. And very attractive looking to just have. <laughs> 
your mouth coated Excuse in a me, dark milady. green film. Just this, lay this sheet of nori down for both of our safety. Yeah. There are multiple times I almost choked to death, but I would have successfully choked to death with my hands over my head because that was the thing that my mom always made me do. She's like, oh, put your hands over your head if I was like coughing or like choking on food. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Did we phase that out? I don't I don't think it does anything. It certainly didn't help me. Maybe it calms you down or something. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's like because I I remember in the Nutty Professor at one point, one of the the brothers is like choking and she's like, lift your arm up. Yeah. And I remember like, is that real? Yeah. It's just a more Five myths and truths at, about choking. Uh, raising the medical. Hands. <laughs> I, I hope you get a lot of medical tips from Nutty Professor because that's a good place to. Yeah. yeah. Or from us. Both really solid places to get <laughs> medical advice, I think. It says raising the hands above the child's head stops the coughing or choking. This is a myth. It says raising arms when someone coughs might actually make the situation more dangerous. Huh. The motion <laughs> of the arms influences the motion of the child's neck and trunk and turn the food causing the coughing can shift and block the airway. Hey. So maybe they, yeah. Hey, you know what, though? They were doing the best they could in the 80s. Oh, for sure. Tess, anything you think is underrated? Yeah, mine's also a food, and it is the salads at pizza places. Like, just an iceberg salad. Uh, Like, just some shitty iceberg, some shitty Italian dressing, a couple croutons, a pepperoncini, like that kind of a situation. Yeah. Just the very spare, very sparse uh, carrot shavings. Mm -hmm. Like, little chunks of, yeah, yeah. Maybe really some black best. olives out of a can. Yeah, I've really <laughs> given up on a healthy salad personally lately, and I'm all about, yeah, just a total garbage. Way worse for you probably than the other shit you're eating. So mm-hmm. much dressing. What's right. a sa- Wait, so what, Babs, what's your salad look like? You don't want to know. <laughs> I do, because I... No, I'm... I mean, I think I had one <laughs> I had one at like a steakhouse the other night. It was a little in between, but it had cheddar cheese, hard-boiled egg, iceberg lettuce onion and blue cheese dressing and just like and croutons so just like great, great. nothing it's not vegetables healthy. in there though so it's salad you know i guess there are cucumbers that i kind of avoided but yeah <laughs> you're like oh i'll <laughs> eat around the cucumbers the pizza salads i feel like are like an abomination the core's light of salad in that they distract you with the shoddy ingredients by just being really cold Yes, <laughs> exactly. exactly. It, it's, and you just know what? Coors Light is like my down. favorite shitty beer. Yeah, it's just perfectly refreshing, but offers you virtually nothing. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's a texture. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I do pizza salad. I I remember I used to work at this spot where all my coworkers loved to order the pizza salad. And I was like, what the fuck is this? It's disgusting. I hate wilted lettuce. It's like the worst fucking thing. Oh, you yeah. Can no, eat. no, yeah. no. And to have. Pizza salad. I'm like, this is you're you're getting the worst of every world in one bite. Wait, are you talking about a salad on a pizza, Miles? Yes. Oh, oh, no, bro. No, we're just talking about this? that ice no. cold salad that comes out like it's like a real half assed salad that comes yeah. out. Oh, like oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. About the, oh, oh, I'm sorry. I, yeah. You're talking about a salad on a oh, pizza? No. Who the fuck is no. that? Have you seen that I've shit? They do that at Fresh that? Brothers. It's disgusting. They do it at CPK too. Yeah. Ugh. It takes yeah. two wonderful things and it just ruins them. Because who? Yeah, you're right. A hot, hot uh, arugula. No. Yeah. No. And they, I like a veggie pizza that has like you know the things that are supposed to go on pizza. And sometimes you'll order that, and it's they just dumped a fucking salad on there. It's it's really a a problem that needs to be what's solved. A, what's an ingredient that absolutely shouldn't go on? Anything like, leafy. 
anything leafy. Right, right, right. Get that like shit out of here. Yeah. yeah. I have had somebody put a crispy kale on the salad that was actually pretty good. Right. But, but that's not happening at like Domino's or. Uh, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's... Come in Domino's kale salad. You'll love it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, let's take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about a little bit of news. And we're back. I don't know why I did that. I guess because we're about to talk about Texas. Yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. Got in your mind. You got, you got Lone Star Brain? Got Lone Star, yeah. <laughs> got a little Lone Star Brain going on. They, the Texas politicians have successfully uh, tried to, are successfully uh, ruining democracy in the state of Texas. Yeah. They, you know, latest uh, state to pass more voter suppression laws that essentially make elections harder to vote in and easier to overturn or alter. Look out, folks. Mm -hmm. And this was despite, you know, like a lot of Democrats left the state. There was a 15 hour filibuster from uh, Democrat Carol Alvarado. But at the the end, there wasn't the votes for it. So, you know, took its course. They voted it in. And. This has been happening across the country. We've been talking about it ever since the big lie began to take hold, because that's when a lot of state legislatures use that as the logic for, I guess, what people call the second big lie, which is that our elections are actually at risk and there's massive voter fraud across the country that has to be addressed. And so many of these bills are hitting the desks of governors to sort of seal the fate of our elections. And so this is how they intend to stay in power and possibly bring Trump back. And I think it relates to the sort of second part of kind of what we're talking about, because uh, people, ex-DOJ officials have been testifying in, to Congress about what was going on from Election Day up until January and what Trump was trying to do. And we've learned all kinds of things. And essentially, like, we came so fucking close to this thing getting flipped on its head. We came really close and we didn't even realize it. We thought it's like, well, you know, it's like uh, it couldn't have been that easy. Well, it there was a it only took a couple more rogue actors for the all the shit to fall into place. And the first thing we found out, you know, we we obviously knew Bill Barr signed this bizarre order that allowed the DOJ to like look into any fraud allegations after the election. And many in the department were like, there's not, I know people are saying this, but like we haven't found anything that even rises to the level that would actually necessitate an investigation. And then through these hearings, we found out that the second command at the FBI and the deputy attorney general at the time they were like, we, they, we got these emails where you see that they're discussing like concerns from their staff over the partisan nature of these investigations, like into the election. And this, I just want to read one of the replies from the deputy AG, because it sort of paints a picture of like the logic that was circulating at the Department of Justice and also the pressure they were experiencing. Quote, it may well be that the Georgia secretary of state is correct in concluding that nothing nefarious happened there. But the fact is that millions of Americans have come to believe rightly or wrongly, that something untoward took place and is incumbent on the department to timely conduct a limited investigation to assure the American people that we have looked down these claims. And they're just going like, but we don't. It's like, well, then if there isn't anything, then they'll know that there isn't anything happened. But like we have to. There's pressure. We're getting pressured to look into this shit. And then we also found out in Georgia there was a lot going on because Trump like wanted to get the uh, that guy Raffensperger to like remember he was like I gotta find me twelve thousand votes or whatever. We also found out that there was a U.S. attorney that was in Atlanta who was pressured to say that he discovered widespread voter fraud and he basically wouldn't agree to it. 
and resign. Yeah. Byung J. Pak, again, this is just from this article, former U.S. Attorney Atlanta told congressional investigators Wednesday that his abrupt resignation in January had been prompted by Justice Department officials warning that President Trump intended to fire him for refusing to say that widespread voter fraud had been found in Georgia. While he did not discuss Mr. Trump's role in his decision to resign at the time, he told the Senate panel that the president had been dismayed that Mr. Pack had investigated allegations of voter fraud in Fulton County and not found evidence to support them. Right. I mean, it seems Full like we press. have a lot of people who aren't who are like saying, all right, we have to appear to take it seriously. Is there anybody who is like behind the scenes, like really trying to tip the scales? Like yeah. other than the president, <laughs> I don't know. I why. mean, I don't yeah, know why I'm was, overlooking him. There was like a rogue <laughs> U.S. attorney too who was willing to go to bat and use his office to sort of bolster those claims. Right. And there were just a lot of people who, you know, the acting AG was like, "Dude, I was getting calls constantly, right, from him to do shit, and I just, I, I, I wasn't, I couldn't." But I had to just be like, no, 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 no worries, no it's worries. Presumably because they know there are safeguards in place that they like they would have gotten caught, essentially. Yeah, but so had now there we're been changing the law so that those safeguards aren't in place. Yeah, and there was safeguards. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And now a lot of these safeguards are coming down because you're seeing like in some places like Georgia, they're trying to pass laws or I think they have laws where if they find something that arises to fraud, then they can do an investigation and determine whether or not the, you know, the, the results can be certified or not. And so we're setting this table so that just only a few people need to be in on the fix to make shit happen. Doesn't have to like, they're just only a few people need to make the right decisions to just overturn an election. And if these states are empowered to allege that their votes, uh, that their vote counts are fraudulent and can overturn them, we have no reason to believe that Trump wouldn't want back in. Because he's sort of like, well, then I win this way because it's we, we're going to do the thing right that we didn't do right last time. And it's the perfect environment for him to run in and potentially re-energize the whole January 6th crew to commit even more violence if he lost in the second election. Oh, yeah. So, you know, blow up the fucking filibuster, y'all, in the Senate so you can pass, like, you know, these proper voting safe, these pesky safeguards that are, in fact, just really keeping us from going over the edge yeah it almost makes me wonder if they're gonna pull that shit i don't know i think because i don't think trump wants to be president i think he just wants to like win another contest yeah so maybe we just need to have like either make the elections not feel as much of like a contest or create a second contest that we can just let him win right oh like Ooh. a loser's bracket but don't yeah like yeah bracket. like i think if i fuck it give him a parade i don't give a shit you know what i mean like let's just give him something to win Right. Yeah. Can he win being a king of some, yeah, some island or something like that? Exactly. King of Americana. Yes. yes. Ooh. And he, and he, and just he lives at the Americana? The, and brand, on brand in Glendale. <laughs> <laughs> that's, his, yeah. that's his fiefdom. He just comes out and does speeches on a little balcony. We right. could have the fountain to YMCA. <laughs> yeah. He's, he comes out right on the terrace in front of Katsuya and he's like, thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> Uh, please go to Din Tai Fung. They're doing fifteen percent off. Take home cocktails. Very, lo very local flavor for yeah. LA Zika. As someone who lives near Glendale, though, I would actually prefer that we pawn him off on the farmers market. Mm. Yeah, either one. He can yeah. have whatever one either he wants. One. Yeah. I think yeah, he's. But I think he's coming back. I don't. I. I think all of the, you know, people speculating that he might not want it. I. 
I don't know. It seems like wishful thinking. I mean, all he wants is power, and he is the easily the front runner for the Republican nomination. Like, I just don't. Yeah. I, yeah, I, feel, I, I agree. Like I feel like in early, my gut, it's happening. I feel like this is early stages of you know, we'll we'll look back on the January 6th insurrection as like, oh, that was like the failed version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, yeah. oh, that was exactly the red flag that most of us thought it was. Yes. Cool. Okay, yeah. cool. Yeah. Do you guys think, though, that it's possible that he could just stay deplatformed for the next three and a half years? Because I do think that would make it significantly more difficult for him, too. Yeah, for sure. It uh, could. Yeah. But you see even the press, though, he his name comes up in headlines more and more again. Yeah. Even though he's saying the same bullshit, but they're definitely the media has like this whole narrative that they're seeding, which is like he's screaming from the sidelines and Republicans don't. Some are listening, some aren't, which is true, but it almost feels like it's gaining momentum again to begin starting to just broadcast every word he says in a press release, no matter how insignificant it might be, just because I don't know. It, yeah. Old habits. Yeah, I don't think him him not being on Twitter or Facebook would be the thing that would prevent him from from running or winning. Yeah. Right, because he'd be on TV running as a presidential candidate and then boom. You're and right the back signs in. But and know. the, you know, bumper stickers and all that shit, like it's not like those have come down. Like they, they're still out there. I feel like they're maybe, you know, licking their wounds a little bit. But Yeah, no, they already have, I don't know if you guys have seen these, but they already have like, the new rollout version of the flags and the signs and stuff. Right. I do that. Yeah, oh, I've I mean, seen revenge, right We've now. seen revenge tour flags. Revenge tour. What's the one down the street? It says like "Make America Good Again" or some "Good America Back to Being Great." It was some like convoluted version of that, and I was like, <laughs> it's it's like been "Let's six just months switch around the words." Make great America come back around again. <laughs> this is for the people of the sun. Wait, huh? that's a rage lyric. Mega, uh, make America great again, again. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, either way, still. If you guys need scary. any branding help, just reach out. <laughs> yeah. Well, there was a scene. Did you guys see the video of the school board meeting in Tennessee? So they had yeah. health experts come through, talk mm-hmm. about you know the Delta variant that they're seeing, the the Delta variant infect so many children that they're running out of ICU beds in their COVID tents for children. And, you know, talked about the efficacy of masking since the vaccine isn't going to be ready for children to take in time for the start of the school year. And and just talking to like people whose kids have already started school, because like some places in the South, their school has already started and like kids are, you know, like they haven't been in school. Their their immune systems aren't ready. Like they're if they're if they don't get COVID, they're getting like all sorts of sicknesses but anyways so they got this advice and it turned into it looked it it had uh hints overtones of the january 6th insurrection just like parents losing their minds it was like they had voted to require kids to wear plastic bags over their heads like right yeah duct taped around their necks yes they were saying, like, we know where you live. Yes. We see you, like, threatening oh these health God. experts who are trying to leave after for merely saying masks work. Yeah. There were people screaming and threatening me. I just couldn't believe it. Said one parent who is a surgeon at Vanderbilt University Medical Center and mother of four kids at, in that school district. And, yeah, I mean, it's... we. we 
I, I feel like we have to keep covering it because it's this isn't new, as we've talked about. Like, this is what happened back in 1911. Uh, you know, the they attacked doctors, they attacked nurses. Definitely happened even more violently in the Dark Ages during the Black Plague. But I don't know. The other thing that happened during the Dark Ages was that, like, a traveling circus of guys who whipped themselves was, like, the number one attraction dur- during the Black Plague because it right. made God see how sorry people were for uh, whatever sins they that was like to, their real their bachelor at yeah. The yeah so yeah. like i i just but they were live shows that were super spreader events too right yeah they literally were <laughs> right yeah yeah wow so i i don't know like when you look at that you kind of hope oh well, we've come along a long ways since Question then mark yeah. yeah but yeah i mean because it, again, we say this all the time, the most propagandized people on the planet, but like the next level, just misinformation campaigns that are out there, like we're also just seeing that too. Like these people have consumed so much nonsense that mm-hmm. it's well and truly become their reality. And they can't even, they can't even stand to hear an expert give them medical advice because everything they've seen from some woo woo TikTok video or Instagram or YouTube or Facebook post has just put them in this place where they're like, oh, my God, it's actually terrible for the kids. We can't do this to our kids. We have freedom and it doesn't make sense. And those are the stakes and not your actual physical health. It's yeah. so asinine, too, because it's like, hello. Yeah, this is school. Kids don't have rights at school. Like your kid has to ask <laughs> right. to go to the bathroom. Right. Right. <laughs> My kid is the king of school. You let him be the king of school. He does whatever he wants. It's just so hard because, you know, you keep seeing people try to attack this with logic and bring in experts and try. And it just nothing's working. It's so terrifying. I feel like the only way is like you have to have like a counter misinformation. Yes. Program Mm. that you're like, well, watch this shit. I like (laughs) videos. Okay, here we go. Watch me. Watch me play the part of the person you'll listen to and start fucking you up from the inside. I don't know. Like, I truly don't know if that's the case. Because, yeah, to your point, an expert is the enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Until, unless, I don't know, unless you say this thing, like, you know, we talked yesterday, like, well, what's the, what level at which are they willing to cede ground to an expert or to to acknowledge the things they don't know, right? Like, whether it's technological or medical or scientific, what have you. Yeah. Because at some point, they know they will need the hospital if they're injured. So it's like you almost got to take a hard line. It's like, well, if you're not fucking with science, then don't don't come near places that require science at all. Don't drive a car. Don't eat yeah. food because that's all science. Definitely stay the fuck <laughs> up off of uh, social media. Since, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, right. Like if you took that's what I'm, I'm wondering. And this it's is like, probably like, then. yeah, it, like, do we need to just redesign our entire education system? So like at kindergarten, we just start at the dark ages and then just like construct all of the things that our modern world is like all of the amazing advances that this world has been created by like brick by brick so that people like have an understanding of what's around them because they people are like looking on these phones that have essentially magical technology like that like lets them pull data from like halfway across the globe onto them that tells them then that like science isn't real and it's like right I, and don't ask about how it got to your phone right now right. it's not connected to anything don't right. worry about that part <laughs> yeah. and i saw there was a video that went viral of this guy who was pleading with people saying like you know his wife who has breast cancer 
he she had to be she was actually like they had to discharge her early because they had to make room for all the COVID patients. And he's like, this y'all are fucking this up for people who actually need medical attention. And he's like, if you're not willing to get vaccinated, then why the fuck are you willing to go to the hospital? Two of my 100%. favorite human beings in the world have died in the last two weeks because of they, they had cancer or pre-existing health conditions. And, you know, you can't draw a direct line to it, but they're in the hospital at a time when it's a really fucking bad time to be in the hospital. Right. Or or people have to put off going to the doctor because of everything that's happening yeah. and then conditions get worse. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew T has talked before on this show about what's called the gish gallop, where you say something so preposterous and it's like a debate technique. You say something so preposterous that you are making people like have to talk for five minutes to prove all the reasons what you just said are wrong. And therefore, it's effective because like people just it's like it's not effective to talk that long. And it sounds like you're talking in circles when somebody when you're having to explain like 20 different reasons something is wrong. And I feel like they've just gish galloped humanity like humanity is just we're, we're at a point where things are so like so obviously and completely backwards that like we can't even argue it's like you how how do you win that argument right it's in a way it feels like trying to explain the plot of cats to someone yeah (laughs) you know and it just makes no sense and the more you talk about it the less sense it makes and all we know is that at the end a girl sings a song and the cat goes (laughs) oh no tess tess froze at the exact wrong moment What happens to the cat moment? (laughs) Hold on. What? No. Let's come back. What happened? Sorry. She goes up on a giant tire to the, to the Jellicoe layer. To cat heaven. Right. Cat heaven. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) I don't want to leave you guys hanging. Yeah. Sorry. We got enough going on. (laughs) No, it does. It feels beyond. Yeah. We're just beyond being able to fix it. It feels like, I don't know. I mean, I think the one thing you do see is they're slowly pushback though from even in these states like florida and texas where people like well the freedom thing was good to a point but now like it's clear that unvaccinated people are getting fucked up like that's why we're trying to do it which is why like in tennessee and arkansas you see these like people are like they're going against their republican governors who a year ago were like it's all good baby Right. And now that they've changed their tune, like, what the fuck out there? You know, like, it's this whole that they've changed their tune up or they have seen the light or the the research that there's like this whiplash effect that a lot of people are experiencing, too. But there are Republicans who are very much like, like I don't know this. Like, we, we can't we can't do this and like have a defense for this. Yeah. No. And um, no matter what your beliefs are, it still sucks to get sick. You can talk all the shit you want, but it feels like shit to feel like shit. You know, yeah. so I think enough people are getting this virus, too. I mean, I. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm definitely tired of seeing the videos where people on their deathbeds are like, I wish I had gotten the vaccine because it's very sad and I feel sorry for them. But maybe one of those will get through to somebody who who knows. It's very exhausting. Yeah. But, you know, there's we've had pretty big problems, obstacles to overcome in the past. So, you know. All right. Let's take a break and come back and talk. Brittany. Yeah. (laughs) 
And we're back. So, guys, since since you've been coming on Daily Zeitgeist, you've gone from having a podcast that looked at Britney Spears' Instagram and kind of you guys suspected something was strange was going on to like basically starting the Free Britney movement to like being proven <laughs> right and it becoming like this global movement. Can you just talk a little bit about like sort of the journey and wh- where you're at right now in that process? Yeah, I mean, it's been a totally wild ride. I was I've, I've been trying to talk about it on stage because it's like feels like I should, but it's so hard to talk about because it's just so complicated. Right. And I was thinking like, you know, people always say like, man, if you could talk to your like, you know, 13 year old self and be like, look what you did. You're, you're you got it's like my 13 year old self would be like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, I don't even understand what you mean. Social media? Yeah, like, <laughs> social media, a conservatorship, like what? Probate law? Yeah. Girl, yeah. You're not getting a mess with probate law. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just a very surreal, you know, experience. But basically, yeah, since we, you know, released an episode in April 2019 when we had gotten like a whistleblower voicemail saying that Britney was being held in a mental health facility against her will. That was the episode we released that we called Free Britney, and that kind of started off, you know, that movement. And then it snowballed into everything where the documentary came out, and then more people got on board, and then Britney actually spoke in court, which then, you know, validified all of it. So, yeah, it's uh, it's been a very crazy ride, but... Now we're just happy that she spoke and that she's gotten it. You know, she had, she had this really shitty uh, court appointed attorney for 13 years who basically didn't do anything, didn't tell right. her she could petition to get out of it, all this stuff. So now she has this new attorney who hopefully will be, you know, the, the big change that she needed. And so what's like the latest? I know the last time I think we probably spoke about it was when we we heard her speak and it was like, oh, shit. OK, yep. There, there it is. And then I think the last thing I read was that a judge sort of denied to like expedite her hearing, I think. Yeah. Uh, to, to have Jamie removed in the conservatorship role. Like, where, where are we? What are yeah, we? Yeah. So un- unfortunately, yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I think if you paid attention at all to what she said, I mean, she was outlining like clear cut abuse. And it's a pretty emergent mm-hmm. situation. So she got this new lawyer who's petitioned to get rid of the dad, which we think is probably a strategy. They have to get rid of him first and then terminate the conservatorship because while he's still on board, then he gets to have his whole big team of lawyers helping him fight. So you kind of got to get rid of him first. So he petitioned to get rid of the dad. The mom signed on to that petition, as did the the woman who's Brittany's professional conservator right now. But the judge denied that petition to move forward the hearing. And basically his argument was like, look, yeah, my client feels like she's being abused every day that this happens. It's a problem. And it was totally within the judge's discretion to move that up. And, and she did nothing. When she was being held in a, like, there are just these moments where in just reading about the story where it's like, oh, this is like straight out of a, like, dystopian sci-fi novel. And like, yeah, it's like The Handmaid's Tale, all, all of that shit just wrapped up in in a massive yeah. <laughs> reality. Can you just talk about like how... When you first found out about that, like, what what are the kind of overall details? Because now you guys are doing this one that's like a retrospective or sort of deep dive into the whole situation. Like, what what are the things that were kind of the hardest to to wrap your head around as you've just been going back through the whole thing? 
so basically the the toxic the podcast we're doing now we go through we like you know her early career and then just kind of like the first early signs of them trying to control her or trying to kind of yeah control her and then we go up to the conservatorship and like the whole week weekend that that went down and that she got conserved and just from day one it's been you know unjust and illegal i think you know they didn't get the capacity declaration that you're supposed to have when you conserve somebody they planned it far in advance her 5150 which is not how that's supposed to work it's supposed to be for emergency situations wait, wait, wait how do you plan wait they planned they plan- 51 yeah yes. the lapd was planning a route to her house for days two days know? before like as if they were running a marathon they put up like barricades that were supposed to keep the paparazzi out and they have like a whole route planned to get to the hospital two days ahead of time and the conservatorship itself had been wow. planned as early as six weeks before she got conserved. And just, you know, there's a different kinds of conservatorships. And if she was going through some kind of mental health crisis at the time, they could have put her into the mental health conservatorship, which you renew every year because you're hoping the person gets better. She was right. put, in, put into probate, which is basically a lifetime one because of her money. So it's just like thing after thing that immediately from the bat, you're like, this is so insanely fucked up. And she tried to get her own lawyer back then and they said she didn't have the capacity. So she could have gotten out a long time ago if she'd actually been able to hire somebody, you know, she wanted. Yeah, I think that's been the biggest discovery for me is just how much her lawyer was to blame for all of this. Because, I mean, she didn't have a chance without a lawyer that was willing to help her. I mean, she had she was expressing over and over again that she wanted to get out of this. And the only lawyer that she had access to was refusing to ask the court to do that. And they made it so when, when she first got conserved and they had that hearing where she tried to bring in her own lawyer back in 2008, they stipulated as part of her conservatorship that she wasn't allowed to meet with any other lawyers without Jesus. the permission of her dad. Yeah. I mean, that's the six weeks before thing is like it, it makes it sound like it was all a conspiracy to like drive her to behave in a way that would allow them to like in the media seem like she was like needed them to take control it seems like so complex and uh, yeah i think they definitely needed that narrative to get her into it you know in the first place so yeah Yeah. and 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 the episode we have coming out next week will kind of catalog the last 13 years and her her attempts in the background to get out so i think that that's one of the biggest shocks i mean and you know it obviously it makes sense that she was trying to but just knowing she kept trying over and over and over. Just yeah, kidding. and that that's hard as a Britney Spears fan to just have been buying all these albums and going to all these shows and then looking back and knowing in retrospect, oh my God, that entire time she was like trying to claw her way away, away out of this uh, situation. Right. Yeah, she was like a prisoner while being one of the most famous people in the world. She was yeah. just... And, and still is. I mean, that's the other thing is like, you know, everyone was so alarmed by her testimony, but that's now been almost two months ago. And the right. same people are still in power over her. The same people. I mean, her conservators uh, can decide, obviously, who visits her. They hire her security. Those same people are still working for her. So that's the kind of like really frustrating thing, too, is like nothing right. really has meaningfully changed for her, except I guess that she has her own attorney now. But sure. And I mean, is it is it does it seem feasible that even though this motion to like sort of speed up the removal of Jamie Spears has been denied, that it's still possible like that it, it it's on the right track or there's still a lot of other because it seems like they're hell bent on keeping her in this conservatorship. So, like, are they out of moves legally or is it seems like a more of a it, when than an if thing? 
I, I hope it's a win. Yeah. I mean, I mean without wildly legally speculating. Right. right. No, I, obviously we don't know. But I think the problem now is that everyone is trying to shift the blame, basically. So Jamie's trying to blame the professional conservator who's been around for a few years. They're trying to blame. They're all just blaming each other so that no one gets sued. Ba- right. You know, so After this, that's right. the it's going to be a hard legal battle because everyone's trying to pretend it's not their fault. You know? Yeah. And if the dad gets kicked out, then he's going to be liable for his own legal fees all of a sudden. So that's part of why Oof. he's clinging on for dear, li- dear life is as long as he saves the conservator, Brittany foots that bill. Right. But right. I, one thing that makes me optimistic is that this new attorney is like very Hollywood. Like he just has like a Hollywood <laughs> swagger and he's very like he's represented Steven Spielberg. So I think that A, he's going to act really aggressively. He already has been acting pretty aggressively. And B, like he's just going to want to save face. Like this is a really high profile case. And he has a reputation to uphold. Right. So I just I do think he's going to fight tooth and nail. Yeah. And the public opinion is at this point is just like, yeah, this is open and shut. Get it done, man. Exactly. So, I mean, just kind of stepping back the way you guys way into this in the first place was her Instagram and like feeling like she was sending messages or like whether you know, just through the circumstances you were seeing weird things like what what is you guys is like feeling about her Instagram now? Like, do you do you think that she was actually like sending messages through through the things that she was posting? I mean, yeah, the Instagram has a lot of, <laughs> it, you know, qu- questionable things about it as far as like people aren't sure if it's actually her posting because you know, there's been investigations that have come up like, oh, it's other people who do post it and it, it gets sent through a filter. So it's not directly her. So there's a big question mark around it. When we were doing Britney's Graham, we were just kind of taking it face value that it was her. And yeah, I, I think we started as a comedy podcast. It wasn't supposed to be like, let's dig in and see what she really means behind right. these messages. It was more of just like a funny we were doing it, you know, with a sense of humor, digging in too deep. But then that naturally turned into yeah. like wait, what does she mean? Because she, <laughs> we realized she's in, under these weird, you know, these constrictions. So what does it mean when she says, let me shop and no one gets hurt? Like, you know, so it kind of started as a funny look at it, but then got more serious. And then as we looked at the actual court documents involved, it was like, whoa, this seems really messed up. So yeah, it kind of, and so yeah, her, her Instagram is a mystery. I mean, lately, you know, it seems like it's her posting. She posted, there was a free Britney flag that she posted and she called it my flag. And she actually said the word conservatorship in an Instagram post recently. So it seems like she's maybe communicating a little bit more directly with it now, but right. we're not sure. She definitely loves ice cream based on the last post. I <laughs> yes. Yes. A lot of good that? food posts on Bee's ground. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, she also has like a long history of communicating to her fans. She used to write these things called let her letters of truth back like in the early aughts where she would like get real on her website about what was going on. And I think knowing how restrictive her life was, you know, throughout the entire conservatorship, I don't think it's at all implausible that she was using that one outlet as a way to try to subtly pass messages on to people. I mean, right? she was doing oh, crazier absolutely. things than that to try to get her message out. So, yeah. And I mean, the the documentary that you guys are heavily featured in that that did it win a I don't I don't know. It, it's an award winning and like just an amazing documentary. If people haven't seen it, it's called Framing Britney by the New York Times, but it it really makes you kind of recognize that just the sort of toxic masculinity that was like 
still is, but like especially during her rise to fame was like built into the culture and her just being the center of all this attention. Like she's been sort of imprisoned by that from from the start. And then, yeah, it, it makes sense that she has. Yeah, it's really gross to just when you look back at that footage of her and the paparazzi and just like. 50 men around her at yeah. all times, like trying to catch any little mistake, anything. Like goading her. Yeah. Her. And, you know, there's one part where we talked about her, her custody case was really intense, you know, her custody battle that was all going on in, in that era, 2006, 2007. And, you know, her, her, KFED's lawyers would say that she was a, you know, have, what was it, Tess? Now I'm going to mess it up. They would use the driving. Her driving with the baby. Yeah, she would be, they used the fact that she was being hounded by the paparazzi as why she should have less custody. Like, they faulted her for being followed by paparazzi as if she had any kind of control over that. Yeah. And then the paparazzi would, like, publish these really, like, lurid stories and Kevin's lawyer would call in people from, he would use the tabloids as a place to, like, find witnesses in in the child custody case. Yeah. I mean, by by the end of just kind of that reexamination and just like everything that you guys have kind of uncovered and examined it, it really starts to feel like she went sane like in 2006. Yeah. Like she did finally after like a lifetime of just bearing this inhuman weight of like everybody's attention, all these like really unhealthy expectations she finally reacted the way that like I would have for like 30 minutes and people are like, all right, that's it. We got a lot. Whoa, her. whoa. Yeah, yeah. See that? She said she's off this. No, right. no. Come on. <laughs> a thousand percent. Like, yeah. She, she always had the expectations of her were always ridiculous. You know, the expectation of her to be perfect. And that's what so many of her fans loved about her was that she was not a perfect person. She was, you know, very raw and funny and, just like didn't give a shit about like where, you know, wearing flip flops to the gas station or whatever stuff that they would like make fun of her for. And it was also very classist. And oh, yeah. And that's what, you know, all all those expectations were just put on her and she just kind of had enough of it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And it's also I think about this a lot, too. Like another big piece of this tragedy is like if she had just gotten famous like two years later, Instagram right. would have been invented, you know? Yeah. Right, she might have mm. been able to have the outlet instead of getting yeah stalked all the time. Yeah, well, and like with social media, the paparazzi kind of stopped being a thing. Like right. she was there, kind of right at the tail end of the paparazzi being this really like aggressive force. Well, and oh, they wow. had to stop because they laws were enforced. You know, they couldn't do that anymore because of how they treated her. And yeah, so yeah. it's just it's a really sad. I mean. I, I'm I'm so grateful that there's like finally a light at the end of the tunnel for her because when we started making it, we had no idea she was going to speak. You know, we just thought it was going to be business as usual and she was going to be stuck with this lawyer forever and all that stuff. So that when she spoke, it was a shock to us. We had no idea that was going to happen and it's really changed the game. So we're just hopeful that, yeah, she, she has a way out now. Well, that's awesome. Keep doing the amazing work you guys have been doing and thank you for, for doing all that work. It's really fucking cool and important and yeah thanks for being on tdz today guys yeah, yeah. thanks for having Blasting us. up the joint yeah, <laughs> yeah where can people find you and follow you tess let's start with you i'm testify barker on everything let's testify with two s's hey. all right and is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying yes this is from 
Devin Sawa, who's actually very funny on Twitter. Hi, Devin. <laughs> he said, I just started laughing in bed thinking about how my parents, at some point, went into the cabinet and grabbed that big-ass vodka bottle that was there for years and poured their friends and themselves a stiff <laughs> shot of water. Babs, how about you? Where can people find you? And what is the tweet you've been enjoying? Babs Gray on Twitter and Instagram. And I just put out my first comedy album called If I Did It. So you can find that online. And uh, a tweet I'm enjoying is by a lady named Tess Barker. (laughs) 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 Says, put put the vaccine in, in Mountain Dew. It's time. Yeah, exactly. We, I, we were t- we, parallel thinking. We were saying that new alcoholic Mountain Dew. Mm. Just put the vaccine in that oh, motherfucker damn. right there. That's the next level. Perfect. You'll get everybody at least over 21. And yeah. Maybe the, and we'll the have fun doing it. Yeah. Oh, you'll yeah. get people under 21. I mean, yeah, I think everyone's gateway drink is like the sweetest form of alcohol. A thousand anyway, percent. First. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Smirnoff Ice and Zima. <laughs> you should have to show your ID that you're under 21 to buy that. <laughs> <laughs> right. They're like, wait, really? They're like, oh, okay, you're 19? Okay, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> I have more respect for the Mountain Dew community. I think they've all already been <laughs> vaccinated personally, but that's, you know. Get that, get that, uh, get that hashtag trending on Twitter. Be like, <laughs> do heads for vaccines. <laughs> be like, I got mine and I drink do. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> do the vaccine. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray and also the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance, talking 90 Day Fiance with Sophie Alexander. So check that one out. Some tweets that I like. First one is from Sally Ann Hall at me, Sally Ann. Tweeted, in movies, whenever a woman gets dumped and eats ice cream, I always think, oh, no, can she not afford drugs? (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you're like, damn, okay, do you. Uh, And another one is from at Lars Adams. Tweeted, methinks is the funniest, most underutilized word ever. I can't think of any other word that's so scientifically formulated to piss you off. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, I don't know how you say it, and it doesn't sound flipping as fuck. Oh, the worst. <laughs> Let's see. Me thinks you should have got the vaccine. <laughs> and you're like, All right, soon. I'm on the anti-vaxxer side now. <laughs> fuck you, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing that I, one tweet I've been enjoying uh, that's been mentioned already on the show, but uh, I finally got to experience it, is the Marjorie Taylor Greene workout video. Oh, Her... Yeah. Pull-ups. Did y'all see that? I was I was out for I was out of the culture, out of the zeitgeist for a week and a half. But, and so I missed but it. it was before you left though. Oh, was it? Yeah, yeah, All yeah. Right. That's my bad. Just you know, just let you but look, we can't we but can't. Just see like shaking <laughs> like just shaking her body around, uh is very strange. It's uh only somebody with that little self awareness could think those are uh pull ups. <laughs> it's also probably how I do pull ups. In Congress. But, yeah, exactly. And then at Hyatt's G tweeted, not saying I want to experience demonic possession, but it might be a nice little break to let someone else steer for a while. Uh, <laughs> I've kind of felt that. You can find me on Twitter at Jack underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Where we link off. 
to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song do we think people might enjoy today? This track is called Hurricane Rana, like the wrestling move. H-U-R-R-I-C-A-N-R-A-N-A. And it's by this beat producer, Jono Das. J-O-N-O-D-A-S. And it's it's just got this, again, it's, it's familiar, but spooky. And it's just a good mashup of, like, funk, but also feeling like something you found, like, on an old cassette tape, like, in your uncle's house. And you're like, what is this? And then it takes you somewhere. That's how I envision this track operating on you. So this is Hurricane Rana by Jono Das. So enjoy that. A little yeah. laid back music. Go check that shit out. The Daily Zyka is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. That's going to do it for us this morning, but we are back this afternoon to tell you what's trending, and we'll talk to you all then. Bye. Bye. 